This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. What say you? Real sisters. Real talk. you down-to-earth conversations between sisters about life work family and the pursuit of an anti-racist community hi i'm audrey and i'm melanie what What say say you hey sister hey hey girl hey how's it going girl it's good how was your week um fantastic i got a lot of stuff on my heart Oh, what say mm. you on your heart? What say you? Girl, let's explore the topic today of how to have joy at work. Do you think it's possible? Because mm. the reason I'm saying it, I'm looking for joy, but there's some nauseous coworkers that be lurking around Ooh. that makes it hard sometimes. So I want to talk about is joy at work possible? And how do you deal with toxic people, nauseous, you know, coworkers that make you nauseous or even situations and supervisors? Mm. What do you think? Oh, I can answer that very mm-hmm. quickly. This show might be short. <laughs> what say you, girl? <laughs> how do uh, can, can you have joy at work? Can you Absolutely. find joy? Absolutely. Yes. How do you deal with toxic coworkers, nauseous people? The, the black cloud and negative energy, those people. Yes. It's very simple, sister. What? Say you. Just make them invisible. Mm-hmm. You know my invisible technique. Yes. Yes. I Let's, don't even see them. I don't see you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so we have to share. Both of us have lived this particular yes. strategy yes. Uh, in, in our lives for a long time. So I think in the conversation that we had one night when we were just doing what we do, talking on for the phone, we decided that our strategy is broken down into two elements. They're either um, relational transactions that we have at no they're relationships that we have at work or there's transactions correct that we have mm-hmm. at work relations and transactions well and along that same line we we started with energy how right. much of your personal energy do you want to give coworker a b because it's all when you come to work as your whole self You get to decide whether you're going to give your personal energy or professional energy. Mm -hmm. Personal energy goes to the relationships, the relational transactions. And uh, professional energy is just a transaction. Mm -hmm. The toxic people, those ones, the black clouds of doom, I call them, they get no personal energy. Mm -hmm. They get apps. They get flatlined from me. Because I don't even see them. When I say I make them invisible, yep. I don't they don't get the highs, hellos. Yep. They get blank. They get nothing. They don't even register they on the radar. They don't even register. Mm-mm. Remember the um okay, I have to talk in code. But at one of my jobs, one of my old jobs, yes. there was a certain person that 
over time, I just determined I've got to make that person invisible. Yes. That person. I remember that person. And so this is what invisible looks like. I'm coming to work. And it was only a two-story building, but I decided to take the elevator. (laughs) I get in the elevator, and just as the elevator door is closing, someone goes, hold the elevator. And who gets in? That person. But that person. Mm -hmm. So now I have to go up the elevator with that person. It's just the two of us in there. And that person, good morning, Archie. I said Silence. nothing. You didn't Silence. Say anything. And you're in the elevator together. In the elevator together. Ooh, elevators are uncomfortable anyway. <laughs> and then that person goes, are you going to do something? I don't know what it was. Are you going to do such and such today? I said nothing. Nothing. Silence. Absolutely. I just kept staring at the door. Ooh, you're so good. And the door opened. I purposefully stepped out first, and I just went on about my day. You just kept walking. That's what invisible looks like, because I had already given that person mm-hmm. everything that I had to give. So there was nothing else. There's no need for me to smile and laugh, and I didn't care if that person felt uncomfortable because I said nothing. Too mm-hmm. bad. That's invisible for me. Yeah. And so I have those, you know, and uh, yeah, I have those kind of relationships. I'm thinking about work, previous work, Mm -hmm. uh, even in my project work. There's the two kind of people, the ones that I walk around and I ask about your kids and your weekend. And I remember details about your life when I'm traveling. I might bring you back a magnet or a shot glass Mm -hmm. or, you know, just something. I really value you. And then there are those folks that, um, and for me, I'm thinking of this one supervisor that I had. You know how you're walking down a narrow hallway, picture a narrow hallway, and you're both coming at each other. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm usually the one that speaks. You know, I'm the one that says, good morning. And then I notice that if I don't speak to people, they don't speak to me. Some. Mm-hmm. In this particular environment, I noticed that if I, I was always the one to say good morning or to initiate an action. So then I went on my little social experiment and said, I'm not going to speak to anybody mm-hmm. and I'm going to see who speaks to me first. Mm-hmm. I realized nobody's speaking to me. And I said, well, ain't that some mess? <laughs> Revelation. Yeah, revelation. Okay. Well, now let me double down. I'm usually cheery sunshine sister. I ain't saying nothing. So coming down the hall, just because I don't say nothing won't mean that I won't look at you. Mm -hmm. And I am looking at you and I am staring you all the way. Like, say something. Say something. Nothing. Okay, can I ask you something? Yeah. What was the purpose of this what were you trying to get out of this? What, to get them to say? No, I mean, why did it matter whether somebody spoke to you first or not? Because those are my coworkers. I, I care, you know, I, I care about being valued in the organization. I cared mm-hmm. about being valued. Let me put it that way. It's past tense because what I realize is that I have to bring my own joy to the space. I have to be 
me and not worried about what other people are doing. And the, the co-workers that I have, I mean, that I'm working with, because they didn't, they didn't see me or recognize me, I was letting that bring me down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so, so now that I'm liberated in my mind from those thoughts, I'm throwing that out there because I know that there are a lot of listeners that are probably doing the same. They care what people. Yes. They they care. About people. Yeah. They care about people. I know what you're saying because, I mean, who who doesn't like it? So when you're in a work environment and there's camaraderie, there's uh, trust, and there's giving everyone, there, there's an ebb and flow of giving and receiving. It is so much fun. And it really, it really does have a, an effect on how you feel about your job when you have that genuine camaraderie. And when there isn't there, when it isn't there, then again, you're still still doing the same kind of work, but it does have an effect. Uh, until you realize you are only you can only control yourself mm-hmm. and you're responsible like you said earlier you're responsible for your own joy and once you get that be it in the workplace or elsewhere nobody can make you happy yes right no i nobody I get that. can make any of us happy there is not one other human being on this earth that can make me happy. But dang. If I don't choose to be happy. Okay, but dang, sister, if I've got to be at work mm-hmm. as much time of the day and the person that is making me nauseous is my supervisor. Mm-hmm. All right, that's kind of, that's a hard, that, that was just a hard thing for me to hold on to. Sure. It made it a little unsettling. And I'm saying this because I know that there are people out there mm-hmm. that are supervising people and and their hearts and minds aren't right. Ooh. Okay, the supervisors themselves, and then they bring the drama on the coworkers mm-hmm. and then the energy inside the room. But so what I guess what I wanna there's a two part to this message. Supervisors, you are responsible for setting the tone of your workspace and those that you supervise. So joy is in your hands. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. A, a, a supervisor or manager or leader has a, a direct impact over how uh, those that they manage feel about their jobs. Mm-hmm. And therefore, a supervisor, manager, leader, you have a greater responsibility you don't get to make people invisible right i am an individual contributor in my job so um but i also have you know a leadership in my current job as well as in my past and i realized early on in my uh, my career when i first became a leader that i needed to it wasn't all about me number one and I really needed to be looking at each person on my team individually. You can't just see, you can't just, everything doesn't work for everybody the same way. That's right. One person I can talk to, they want to directly, you know, tell me directly. Other people, you try to be direct, they start crying. Right. So I learned early on, I needed to take the time to know the people. 
with that said, again, just like with joy in the workplace, just like with how you deal with toxic people in the workplace, it all starts with you. It all starts with each of us. We have the choice and the power of how we're going to respond or not. And mine is invisible. Well, for some. So the supervisor has a part in it, but then the the person that's on the receiving end of the messiness, the person that's getting nauseous from the uh, toxicity, mm-hmm. if you say coming from the supervisor, they have they hopefully have the courage to say, "Yes, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take this." And that happened this week. In an environment that I was in, you know, I was sitting there um, working and then a a co-worker that I truly respect was coming down. I heard her before I saw her, but it sounded like crying. Oh, dear. You know, and it was like the moan cry. Sobbing. I get up sobbing Mm -hmm. and I get up and lo and behold, there she is and she is sobbing. Wow. And so... Did she get laid off? That was the first thing that came to my mind is something tragic just happened. And what the what triggered the emotion was something super small. I can't say what it is because then I would be telling the business of my workplace. But it was something super small that really could have been easily fixed. Mm-hmm. But it was the tone mm. of the way that the the message was delivered to this person. And if you can imagine that the tone every day, so like you gave that example last week of the bricks, and, the, you know, bricks mm-hmm. are, are on your shoulder and every day and, and every day down and, and, and way down. Day and, and so then it was just something small that just sent her over the edge mm-hmm. from this supervisor that was talking to her in a condescending way and... Um, you know how people just talk down to I you do. in your in yes. your space, yes. and they have some semi authority over you. So she just it just snapped, mm-hmm. and she was like, "You know what? Hell to the no!" Yeah. After you cry it all out, and I mean, she got it all out. The all snot and everything, snot and oh, everything. Dear. Got it all out. And once you empty your vessel that way, you better watch out. You know, you rise up and and let's be well. Let's be well. Let's go. And being well means take care of yourself yes. first. So you don't have to take this nonsense from the supervisors on basic uh, common courtesy, mm-hmm. basic respect in the workplace just because you're a supervisor doesn't mean that you get to disrespect people absolutely I've always um, I've always taken the stance or lived the attitude that I don't care who you are I don't care what your position is whether you have direct or indirect influence mm-hmm. um, we all start with basic human respect. Exactly. That's the starting spot. And that's we should the, demand it. That's and and I've always expected it and when it hasn't happened, I've always corrected it. Mhm. Regard and I've had over my career, I've had to do that with people many levels in the organization, different organizations, 
higher, supposedly higher uh, than I, I had to correct them because no human being gets to go unchecked. You can't stop them from doing it because you don't know it's going to happen till it happens. But no human being gets to go unchecked when they hurtfully and intentionally talk to someone in a demeaning manner. I'm going to say word on that. And when we come back, I want to raise up the idea of customer service internal and external. Okay. You know, how we serve each other in the workplace. Gotcha. We'll be right back. Channel 253 is brought to you by Alaska Airlines. They're my airline of choice. When I need to book a flight, I don't mess with the travel sites anymore. I go straight to Alaska Air and book direct. It's not even a question for me. When I'm on board, the flight attendants are courteous and the service is efficient. That's really important to me. Also, they've got a killer cheese plate. Seriously, get the fruit and cheese plate next time you fly. And they have Northwest Craft Beers. I feel like a human when I fly Alaska. I'm a customer, not a commodity. Alaska is such a good airline and has such good service, I forgive them for sponsoring the Timbers, my rival. And if I'm willing to do that, you know Alaska must be good. I'm Nate Bowling, Alaska Airlines MVP, and I fly Alaska. I think that we really need to look at our relationships in the workplace from a service lens. And I believe that this idea of customer service is usually understood from an external perspective, what we what the company gives out mm-hmm. and how you give that out. Yet the people inside the organization that help me get my work done inside are my customers. Yes. Too. Yes. And so I think sometimes in the workplace that we forget that attitude we don't bring that right. attitude. Oh my to gosh. The space. What what say you? I say that I have worked uh you're spot on. I've worked in I'm gonna give you an example of two organizations that I worked in, not currently. One organization, one company, huge, large, massive. I said uh I felt like I was just a number. Nobody knew my name. Mm-hmm. That's how big this company was. And even in the direct work groups, there was there was a lot of there, it, we were siloed. Mm-hmm. This department did this, this department did that. And so there were often times where you had to rely on many times you had to rely on other departments to get your work, to done. Get your work done. If you're following up and we were direct customer service. So in order for me, if I tell a customer I'm going to look into it and call them back, then typically that would mean I'd have to rely on maybe two to three other departments to get it done. Mm-hmm. And they had absolutely none, none of the other departments had any other any concept of internal service, certainly did not view our department as one that was, uh, you know, one of any importance. So, I mean, it was like awful to have to keep following up and I'm the one that has to talk to the customer Mm -hmm. but they didn't care so I've experienced that pain on the other hand I have experienced how a functional and internal customer focused company how wonderful that can be Mm -hmm. 
for the not just for the final output to the customer, but how that feels yep. as an employee to work in a company that values internal service. That feels awesome because you know you can count on people. And even the even people that you don't know, let's say if I'm doing some research on something that I've never encountered before. So I reach out to one of my buddies in another department because I don't even know where to start. And then that buddy goes, oh, you need to talk to so-and-so, so-and-so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then I call so-and-so, so-and-so who doesn't know me, A from Adam. Hi, so-and-so, this is this is Audrey from, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I talked to so-and-so, they told me to uh, yeah, call you and they were like, yeah, 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 what's up? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just so smooth. It's different. It's so smooth. It's easy. It's rewarding and fulfilling not only to the the uh, customer the external customer but it just feels really good and then on on the other end of the spectrum i it motivate i was i always thought this way anyway and and acted this way but it just kept motivating me to keep on when somebody calls me mm-hmm. and needs somebody internal and needs my help oh i'm always going to go the extra mile yep because I know I want them to be okay. I want them to not have to stress about it. Yeah, so this is, I, I, you know, I'm going to insert the race thing in here. Okay. Because my lens is there a lot. And I think this is where companies and people miss the boat. It, What may be, how do I want to say this? By by not taking an interest in the whole person and what they bring to the table, then when they're acting unfriendly in the workplace and and the recipient of color and there's sees that there's no other people of color, then that filter it's bad it could be bad customer service, but for for that person, that filter on the race lens comes through because when they were treating me foul in my particular workplace, being the only black woman in the office, I'm certainly thinking, is this because I'm black? Mm-hmm. Is this coming at me? It, that it, Could this be a reason because I look different uh, and bringing different uh, energy to the space? My not eating with you in the lunchroom or not going to see the coming to your house to watch the bachelorette or you know, doing after work, you're getting upset because I don't come and hang out with you at these redneck bars that you go to, but you want me to come. I mean, I just started to feel Girl, go and then take them to the cab. I, you know what? Let me just say, when I finally did rebel against in that particular environment, that's exactly what I said. I said, you know what? First of all, you were planning these professional development trips for us to go to places like, I don't know, McMinnville, Oregon. Mm. You know, that's a place where I Ooh, was. Was that at- where you called me and we were whispering? I, girl. <laughs> I was like, did anybody bother to think that I would even think that when the sun goes down, I might need to worry? You know, everybody else is hee hee ha ha and it's just fine. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm in the known 
white supremacist mm-hmm. territory over here. Did anybody think, as my coworker, <sighs> think in their mind that this might be a problematic situation? It for might me be a little bit dark. stressful for you. <laughs> yes. You know, oh. so the customer service part of things, when you think of your employees in their whole person, you know, that, yeah, those kind of situations did make me nauseous. Well. It made me sick. And and I just, the reason that I'm bringing this in and tying it all in is that doesn't bring me joy at work. No. And the people that, I know they're not responsible for bringing me joy or, you know, bringing anybody joy because joy is inside of you. But I would like them to live by the platinum rule. Okay. Golden rule being Mm -hmm. do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's what we all grew up with. But that assumes that. You know how to do, do unto you, yourself, yeah, right? Know. That assumes that you know how to treat yourself right, and then I should be happy to be treated like you treat yourself. Some people don't know how to do that. So like what you said, the platinum rule is basically you got to take the time to get to know the person and get to you know those people that you're supervising so that you can do unto them the way that they need to be mm-hmm. or want to be done Treat unto. people the way they want to they be treated. They want to be treated. Mm-hmm. That's the platinum platinum rule and so i think this miscommunication in the workplace these days and i'm really serious about this and sensitive about this because when i saw my co-worker sobbing mm-hmm. and crying and snotting from assault is what i'd say verbal assault mm-hmm. from another co-worker mm. that is just not okay Ooh, we, you know no. that is just not okay there is just folks should not be allowed to come and talk to people any old mm-hmm. kind of way in the workplace. No. And who's checking that? So that's why I'm on my soapbox this week, girl. That's exactly no, why I understand. I'm, on, I'm I mean, on it. You know, the the whenever you see someone in distress, that's hard to take. And then when it's something that is the distress is caused by the insensitivity of someone else, that is very hard to take. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, and I tell um, I tell the people on my team this, I tell the people that um, in some of my training classes, that we don't get to be all of who we are at work. Right. That is not anybody's God-given right to be all of who you are at work. Because if I could be all of who I am, I mean... I can't be all of who I am on this podcast because I want to cuss sometimes. Uh-huh. But I think I did one time. We all so we all have parameters. <laughs> you probably did. <laughs> no. Well, what but you? We, I, I'm saying that we don't just get to come you, at, at come into work and in a bad mood and just talk to people any old kind of way, and especially if you're a leader, you don't get to do that. But some people do that, which is and why there's I, no check for them. Why no I want to in, insert? Sorry for stepping on you. Um, I want to insert that. Yeah, people that have white supremacist mentalities and um, people that support that way of thinking, you have to check that at the door. Mm-hmm. You can't bring that 
to work. And I think that that's going to be the saving grace. That's why equity and inclusion and all this talk right now and actions that corporations are taking is popular because of what's happening, the national rhetoric that's coming out of the White House and what what that hate speech is triggering. Mm -hmm. Because people are walking into their workplaces acting stupid. Feeling empowered. And feeling empowered. And there are laws. You know, the Civil Rights Act is is one of those laws that protects that kind of uh, discrimination and um, mistreatment in the workplace for all those reasons, race, sex, national origin, you know, or gender, and and so on. And so I think that people need to check themselves these days because on the other side, the formal formerly known as oppressed people are becoming educated and empowered and full of courage to speak up against the injustices that are happening to them in the workplace. So I think we're having a culture culture clash um, around workplace etiquette. And then there's this whole discussion about joy in the workplace and being happy in the workplace. So, yeah, I'm grateful for this discussion today because you don't have to put up with that nonsense. Make them invisible. I'm yeah. serious. And when I say, and you, you have, the power is there in you. Nobody has the power. Nobody has power over you. Nobody. Not one person. Mm -hmm. Who has power over me? Mm-hmm. I mean, just because I'm going to get a little bold. They ain't here right now. My mom and daddy don't have no power over me. Ooh, oh, well, yes, they do. Okay, I'm, gonna <laughs> see, I'm going to see your mother and father tomorrow and tell them I what just, you just said. Okay, I'll tell them. I just wanted <laughs> you to, tell on yourself, girl. I said that to illustrate how much I mean that... You have your own power. Everyone yep. has their own power. And it does not matter what comes at you Unless, even if you, even if you are uh, restrained, there is a power of choice mm -hmm. of even how you think about discernment. Yeah. So joy in the workplace, uh, oppressive supervisors, racist people, all of that. I don't care. I don't care because you don't get to talk to me any old kind of way ever. Yeah, but what do you tell people that are just coming into the workplace? I'm thinking, okay, one of my clients told me this story. Let me see if I can make it sterile. It was about, because uh, I'm coaching these days, okay. and it was about uh, a supervisor in this particular workplace, middle-aged white woman that is supervising young man, you know, young black man just out of college mm -hmm. and first job. And he's really, you know, looking around and saying, how can I contribute? He's asking a lot of questions because he's new to this environment. And the questions are getting a little too close to home for the supervisor because let the truth be known, the environment is out of order. Mm -hmm. And so he's just trying to get 
the lay of the land for what he's responsible for. So he's asking these questions. And so she's irritated by these questions. Long mm-hmm. story short, she determines that he's not a good fit. Oh, what of that? For mm-hmm. the organization. Okay. And then uh, terminates him inside of uh, the probation period. Oh. Okay, because he's not mm-hmm. a good fit. Mm-hmm. Now, in most workplaces, mm-hmm. that's how it goes. Yeah. Whatever the supervisor says, then that's what it is. And this young man has no idea. What the hell does fit mean? Mm-hmm. How do you measure that? Mm-hmm. You don't. You know, how do you? Yeah, that's just the code <laughs> word for I don't like you. Right. Get out. But you get on my your, nerves. Yeah, this is, you push it too hard. <laughs> oh. But if this is your first job. You have no context or no frame of reference about anything. How do you fight something like that? How do you, you know, how do you combat? So fast forward, what what happened was as the news rose up the chain mm-hmm. and made it, because it happened down in the field, as okay. the, the news rose up the chain and it made it to the HR and the and the CEO, the CEO was saying, wait a minute. Because CEOs knew mm-hmm. to the to the to that culture okay. that where those behaviors had traditionally been just fine. Mm-hmm. That was the culture of the organization. This CEO is saying, "No, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, no. What is the due process here? And you know what exactly happened? What is the fireable offense? Right. Let me just ask that question. What?" What exactly is the fireable offense? So asking that designated question revealed that this was shady. HR let them fire her? Fire him? Well, yeah. Did she consult HR? No. Oh, well, there you go. It happened. Mm -hmm. And HR got it after that. Got you. So what did did this CEO do? Um, The CEO brought the young man back. Good. Good. Which which bucks up against traditional culture. Mm -hmm. But also what the CEO did, and I'm very, very proud of this, is to talk to that supervisor and walk that supervisor through the decision process. Gotcha. So that 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 decision process could be examined and the flaws uh, exposed. So that also counseling is happening at the same time Mm -hmm. about reprisal. Oh dear. Okay. Because you have to you have to know that in that culture, shoot. There will be there will be some kind of reprisal if they feel like, you know, they've been operating in the good old boy girl network all this time and then the system gets disrupted. It's no different than a plantation. Mm-hmm. You know, Toby, you trying to escape? Mm-hmm. You know, Let run, cut your run. Left foot off. Run, Toby, run. <laughs> you <laughs> cut your foot off. We're, we're giving references okay. from Roots. But well, um, uh, let me answer your question, though. You you said, so it, this is the young man's first exposure. First exposure. Yeah, and so what? how would he know and what would he do? So I would say for for the young people entering the, entering the job market that they should there should be hopefully in their village there are elders that they trust and go seek information go seek out what advice they have I'm entering a new entering a new job what advice do you have for me because we've all been through it Mm-hmm. We know it. We could do. We could teach a 
freshman, sophomore, you know, junior, uh, upper level, senior, class. Yeah. masters, PhD. Yeah, I can't imagine what workplace scenario I have not seen or been through that is still relevant today. You can call it, depending on the culture of the company, you can call it. Five, four, three, two, one. Action. Here she comes. Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's textbook. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But when you seek, when you, so that's what I would, I would tell them to do. Tell him to do. Do your research and know your lane. Yeah. And it's all about timing. Yeah. It's not bad to ask questions. I'm not saying anything about that supervisor being right. I'm saying for the next time. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, understand who you're dealing with first. Can you read character? Uh-huh. Do you know what? Look out. And this is why you should seek your elders, because they'll tell you what to look out for. And when you see those red flags, you got to make a different move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just means that you're smart. Yeah, tactical. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always like to go back to uh, the art of war. I don't know if you read that. That's a military strategy book by Sun Tzu. But if you break it down in the management tactics, going into something new, you know, into combat, you infiltrate. Mm-hmm. So, so like, get in there. Mm-hmm. You in the room now. Learn the enemy secrets. Yep. Well, learning means you got to listen. Right. You know, be quiet and let them teach you stuff about what's going on. Learn the enemy secrets. Win the hearts of the people. No bloodshed. That's the art of war. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're tackling a new environment, you know, you get in. Ooh, they done let you in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you in the room. Look ahead. Look ahead. <laughs> and then just be quiet and look around. You know, just listen. People will let you know who they are and who's the talkative one. They'll spill all the tea mm-hmm. and just take the notes and stuff. And then slowly but surely start using that information in a way that builds alliances with those folks. And then they become endeared to you because mm-hmm. now it looks like you're um, practicing the platinum rule because you're taking that information that you're getting from them, synthesizing and putting it back out there all the while moving around to... Um, to meet the objective. You know, what is the mission of the, you know, what's the objective of the war? What you got to do? Absolutely. I have, I've had to, uh, that made me think about a long time ago at one of my other jobs. And I had to go into an environment where people were getting laid off. Mm. They knew they were getting laid off. And I had to learn their job. They had to teach me their job. Girl, they be teaching you all kinds of understand? crazy stuff, right? So if you've ever, that's a hostile environment. That is that a hostile is the, environment. That is literally a hostile environment because I have to learn their jobs because I had to be able to document it. And mm-hmm. so I had to, some of them looking at most of them look at me like I you figure it out. Yeah, you figured out yourself. I'm a, but see, you brought joy to that situation, didn't I you? I sure did. 
and you I got did what not you know. Needed. I did not know what. Um, I didn't know about. I'd heard of the art of war, but I didn't know about what to label yeah, it. Yeah, you infiltrated. But I infiltrated. You learned the enemy secrets. I learned the secrets. And they love you. You came home with an air fryer. I didn't did. You? <laughs> no, not that. No, no, it's no. It's not them. No, it's not them. No, this was many years back. But they loved you. They wound they up. They loved them some Audrey. They wound up. Um, yeah, it was a. It was a beautiful. It was a beautiful time. Yeah. So I want to I'm just going to circle back to what we started on this about bringing joy, bringing joy to the workplace, because I really believe that everyone deserves to uh, go to work and have a place where they can thrive. Yes. Um, Free of toxicity, free of toxic people issues. You know, you're going to have your own workplace drama, but you need to check yourself before you step into the building, the cubicle, or whatever, and just be responsible for the energy, or I put down here, the vibration, how are you contributing to the vibration of your workplace flow? I yeah. agree. I always make it a point to, my. I know I've had a good day at work when everybody that I talk to during the day laughs. Yes. Every, you I, measure I, it by laughing. I brought a smile. I've I brought a smile or a chuckle to somebody, then I've done my job. Mm-hmm. Done it. Well I done. Practice, I practice management by walking around. Mm. And so I usually spend the first hour, and to some people it An may feel hour. like, listen, to Ooh. some people it may feel like wasting time, but I work on a big campus. Oh, that's true. And so I, I got to walk. You know, there's my peeps in the library and the admin building and the School of Arts and Communication. Got to go down the hill to the science people, the School of Business. I mean, because my job has so much range across campus, mm-hmm. you got to check in you with your people. Get, you should get you one of those scooters like Mall Cop. <laughs> <laughs> What's those things called that you stand yes. up on and go? <laughs> no, girl, I got my Fitbit on. So oh, I get okay. My, okay. That's my way of getting steps in. But be surprised at how effective that strategy is for team building. Mm-hmm. As well as bringing joy to the whole environment. Girl, I got my white girlfriends on campus. Everybody says, hey, girl, hey. Oh, hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just introduced it. It's like, okay, sisters, this is going to be our new call for each other. If you see me way across campus, just holler. And the last hey uh-huh. is how you're feeling because then I know how you're feeling if I if I can just wave or if I need to come and give you some energy because if you say hey girl hey I know you good good. I'll be like hey but you say hey Hey, girl girl, hey it's like oh I love that oh I gotta stop and and it works that is awesome it is it works we hey girl hey each other from the janitorial department to the payroll department to the financial aid you know the the ladies that work in campus safety I mean yeah uh huh. Creating new environments that, if it's not there, because jobs in work environments are so sensitive with these layoffs and budget cuts and yes. production and mm-hmm. just all of the pressures of that, you be the one to bring the joy. Yep, I'm on a tangent this week. Well, that's truth. And just imagine if everybody thought that and everybody participated in it. Yeah. If everybody on the team, everybody. If that was the mindset and they actually participated, it would be awesome. 
And, and I, I'm I'm certain that uh, productivity, however that is measured, would go up as well because people do more when they're happy. I and um, yeah, yeah. So all I want to say like is, as we close is um, just practice the heart of gratitude. Just be thankful Ooh. for what Ooh. you got. Oh, yeah. Diamond Who's in that? the back, sunroof top, digging the scene with a gangster lean. Woo-hoo. Okay. <laughs> well, just be thankful for what you got. That's it. Amen. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time to go now. I think it is, too. I feel good, though. I did, too. That was a good one. I appreciate that, that All right. uh, interchange. All right. Peace. Okay. Peace out. Drop the mic. Thank you for listening to What Say You? If you have conversation ideas or want to follow up on what you heard, please contact Melanie by email at melanie at missmelanie.com. M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E at M-I-S-S-M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E dot com. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.